Hi everyone and welcome to another edition of the Celtic View podcast. We're here at the home of Legia Warsaw in the Polish capital city of Warsaw. Now we're not taking on Legia in our second Champions League match. We're taking on Shakhtar Donetsk who have to play their games in Poland because of the war in Ukraine. It's set to be a really exciting match on Wednesday night. The Celts come into this one after last week's defeat at home to Real Madrid. Well, Shakhtar Donetsk, well, they got a very impressive 4-1 win away from home against RB Leipzig. Now, before we get into the podcast, I just want to let you all know that the brand new Celtic View is out in club shops at this moment where you can read exclusive interviews with the likes of Jota, Cal McGregor and even the King of Kings, Henrik Larsson. So make sure you get into club shops to get yourself a copy of that. Now, before we flew out for this match, I sat down with Cameron Carter-Vickers to look ahead to Shakhtar Donetsk and hear about his time at Celtic one year on from his debut. And we also spoke to Ukrainian football journalist Andrew Todos to get the lowdown on Shakhtar. Cameron, thanks very much for, for joining us on the podcast. How's things for you? Yeah, no, all good. Yeah, all, all good, good, all good. Um, we're actually recording this podcast a day before we travel away to the game, and it's actually, I don't know if you know this, it's been a, a year to, to the day, a year and one day actually from your, your debut appearance for Celtic in oh, yeah. that game against, against Ross County when you, when you got the goal. Time flying, flown for you over that time? Yeah, no, it has gone quick. Yeah, um, yeah I, I, wasn't, I knew it was roughly, roughly a year because um, obviously you started the new season now, but, but yeah, no, it, it, it's definitely gone quick. Yeah, I was looking back at the goal earlier today. I mean, Think if it doesn't take that deflection, it's going in the back of the net. <laughs> what are you saying? Nah, to be honest, no. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know where it's going. To be fair, if you don't get the deflection, but um, but yeah, no. Nah, luckily, obviously, it, defender tried to block it, bounced off him, and, and flew in. Yeah. How do you feel, kind of, a, a year on from from that moment? Like, first of all, as a as a player, do you think you've really kind of developed quite a lot over that period of time? Yeah, I think so. Um, see, working with the manager here, I think he's a, he's a really top manager. So I think um, you know, any player that kind of worked with him for for a long period of time will um, we'll improve and, and, and get better. What do you think is the, the main aspects of your game that's improved over that time? Um, probably say a bit of everything. Um, I think, um, so individually I'd probably say um, kind of staying calm under pressure on the ball, um, stuff like that. And then I think kind of as a defensive unit um, and a back four especially, we've kind of come a long way in the way we kind of move together and, and, and defend together. So yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, that goal against Ross County, I don't think we've seen you take too many shots from distance since then. Yeah. Why, why are you not taking any more? You're not fancy yourself? I've actually took a few, which most of them have gone wider <laughs> over. So, so, yeah. Uh, so, stopped it after that? Yeah, so I stopped yeah. after that. Um, but, but, yeah, I mean, you don't get the opportunity too much playing centre-back. So Yeah. If you were to rate your, your chances against all the other centre-halves at the club, do you think you've got the best long shot from distance? I don't know about long. I'll say I'm the best finisher. Yeah? I think, yeah, I think if you put the... Centre backs in the finish, finishing draw, I think I'll get them on. You well. come out on top? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Right, okay. We need to see more up the end of the park then, too. <laughs> you yeah. did get a few last season, though. You did get a yeah, few. Yeah, 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 a few. Yeah, what about if you were to have like a, a free kick situation out of all the centre halves? What would you say? Are you still on top? Nah, nah I don't, I would say. maybe Walshy, to be fair. Walshy? Yeah, I think Walshy, free kicks, I think Walshy would be. Nice, that would be curler over, yeah, yeah. over the ball. I yeah. could see that happening. <laughs> in terms of like in that year as well, away from the pitch, do you feel a lot more settled in, in Glasgow? How's, how's things going for you? You know, I really like it. Um, apart from the rain, it's pretty good. <laughs> no, no, it's nice. It's nice. I enjoy. Uh, I actually enjoy living here. Um, you know, people are quite friendly and stuff like that. So yeah. 
Is that a big part? And obviously the football is the most important thing when you're making that decision to join permanently, but does that have a big impact as well in, in your decision? Mm. Um, I think so. I think obviously it's important to kind of be happy um, wherever you are, just in general life. So, so yeah, I'll say a little bit. Yeah. What's the main differences, do you think, from like life in Glasgow to, to life back home in London? Is it the rain kind of the biggest thing? <laughs> Yeah, to be fair, probably it's just just the weather. That's yeah. probably the that probably that probably is the biggest difference. Obviously, the accent as well. Yeah, but yeah, nah, not not. Have you got used to it now? Yeah, I've got some most of the time. Okay. Sometimes when you know, some of the Scottish boys get talking, they start talking really quick and that, and I can't can't understand. Or the <laughs> kit man. Half the time I don't know what the <laughs> kit man's saying. But uh, but yeah, nah, for the most part. Are you are you also teaching like people in, from Glasgow and people from Scotland like slang from from London and things as well? I don't know. If I, I I wouldn't say I'm teaching them, but I think sometimes they. Not wind me up, but it's had to repeat some of the yeah. things I say. So yeah. yeah. Have you? Is there any things that you've said where people are just going like, "What is that?" Nah, not really. No. They, they like in it when I say in it. <laughs> like, I don't know why, but it's a thing. They, <laughs> I come in in the morning and they just go like, "It's TCV in it." Yeah. Like, just to, I don't know why they do it. But yeah. <laughs> um, I was actually doing some like some research before doing this interview. I always try to, to to read up in some bits and bobs of people. And and one thing I read about you I thought was quite interesting was it. Is it true that you were a, a shot put yeah. champion when you, when you were younger? Is yeah. that right? Yeah. yeah. That was in, I think, year nine. Okay. I know our, our school system's a bit different to yeah, yeah. Scotland, but yeah, year nine, so I was like 13, 14. Okay. Um, I represented Essex, which is like the, my county for shot put, yeah, in like the national competition. So country. were you pretty decent? Yeah, I was all right. I finished sixth. I think I finished sixth in the, in the national competition, so yeah. Wow, okay. So okay. Right. never thought, obviously, football was always a thing, yeah. but. Do you think you could have done anything with it? Mm, I don't know, really. <laughs> I enjoyed it. Like, obviously, when I was younger, I done, but I never really took it too seriously, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we also kind of know a bit about your, your links with basketball with mm. your dad and things as well. Were you, were you any decent at that? Yeah, I was all right again. Just, I played it in school. Uh, just for, like my school team. Um, again, I never really, like I never joined a club or took it too seriously. But, yeah. yeah. Are you just kind of a, a naturally kind of sporty person then, grown up and just kind of take your hand at all types of different sports? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Probably, yeah. If you couldn't, if football wasn't the, the sport you ended up going into career-wise, do you think there was another thing you might have been quite good at? Can I imagine it's about another, a, a rugby sport. player with your, your pace? And yeah, maybe rugby. Um, well, I, if I grew up in America, I think I'd like to play NFL. Okay. American football, yeah. Okay. Have you got a team? Are you a nah, fan? nah. No. To be fair, I, I watch Blitz and both, but it's on... Yeah, late night, yeah, yeah, yeah. So is this kind of like, see, in terms of like your your physique and your pace and things, is that just something that's quite natural? Is that something you have to work on quite a lot? Um, I say it's probably partly natural. Uh, my dad's quite that naturally big guy, so mm. probably a bit from him. Um, but yeah, obviously now it's just kind of maintaining it and keeping it, yeah. keeping it going. Yeah. Are you backing yourself in, in terms of against everyone else in the squad if you were to have like a, a gym what? session and you know? Yeah. Scottish pension. I think so, yeah. But to be honest, I don't actually do too much gym. Okay. So I might be a bit detrained in it if there was a competition. Yeah. But I think if, if say we said, right, we're having a competition in two weeks' time and I could get a bit of training, <laughs> I think I'd win, yeah. People always say as well, I mean, we've, we've seen your pace on the pitch, but maybe you don't see it as much because you're, you're from centre half, you're not like running down the wings and things. But we always do hear from when we do teammates' quizzes with players, they always say you're the fastest. Mm. Are you backing yourself in that as well? I don't know. I, no? I personally wouldn't say it. I'll probably go Dizan or Starfelt or Carl, yeah. Is he? Yeah, Carl's quick. Are you fasting yourself? Like over, over long distances, yeah. Okay. Um, I'll say once I get going, like up, up to speed, I'm pretty quick. Maybe, maybe, maybe like 
uh, peak uh, speed. Uh -huh. I'll be up there. Like 100 meters or something? Or? No, I just mean like, say you was to take our fastest speed. Do you know okay. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I think maybe I'll be up there, but... Um, it's but a quick yeah. group though, isn't it? I yeah, mean, yeah. I mean, Dyson and yeah. Kyoko, it's... There's a lot. To be fair, more or less, everyone's pretty pretty quick. Yeah, yeah. Um, we've been watching, obviously, this season, in terms of the, the football, things have been, been going pretty well for the team at the moment. How how are things in the camp? How are you enjoying the football at this moment? Yeah, no, everyone's enjoying it. Um, I'm enjoying it. It's, it's going well. Obviously, it's still early, so um, you know we've got to keep going and, and keep focused, but, but yeah, it's going well. Do you think much has changed this season com compared to last in the group? Or do you think it's just like a, a constant evolution that the team's kind of improving? Yeah, I think we've definitely improved, I think, from even from the end of last season. I think where we're at now is, is probably a little improvement. Um, but yeah, it's just I think it's just obviously the more you a group kind of plays together and the more time you spend together, you know, nat naturally that things become a bit more um, cohesive. Yeah, yeah. We've watched you play alongside three different centre-halves so far this season. All three of them have scored. Where's, where's your goal this moment? <laughs> When's it coming? Yeah, I know. Everyone keeps saying that. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I mean, hopefully a few come along the season. But Are they having a go at you? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I mean, hopefully I do score a few come the end of the season, but if I don't, and we and we're still winning games. Yeah. I don't really mind, yeah. You, know, you always hear about like strikers and strike partners having competitions between themselves about who'd score more goals at the end of the season. Mm. Do you have that at all as defenders? No, nah, I don't think so. No. Yeah, I don't no. think so. Like I said, I'll, as long as we are winning games and somebody scoring, I, I don't really if you're care. You're keeping them out, then that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, isn't it? yeah that's amazing. <laughs> um, in terms of we're playing Shakhtar Donetsk uh, away from home on Wednesday, and Warsaw a bit more of a kind of different situation. Um, just in terms of that first Champions League game against Real Madrid, your, your first experience in the competition, what was that like for you to kind of have that? Obviously, it wasn't the, the right result mm -hmm. in the end, but still a lot you can kind of take and learn from that. You know, I think there's definitely a lot of things you can kind of learn from that game. Um, I'll say for probably the first 50, 55 minutes, we, we were very good. Um, I thought we competed really well and we probably had the better chance in the game. Um, but I think you kind of see as as the game went on, they kind of grew into the game and gradually kind of pushed us back. And obviously, I think in them kind of games, scoring the first goal is massively important. And uh, yeah, they managed to do that. So, so yeah. Yeah. What's it like to be playing up against likes like Benzema and, and Vinicius? Is it just kind of taking that game to another level? Do you need to be a lot more switched on in those moments? Yeah, I think so. Um, it's, it's good though. You know, you always want to play against kind of the best players to see where you kind of measure up. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. So going into the game against Shakhtar on Wednesday, they beat Leipzig 4-1 in their first match. So it's obviously going to be a, another difficult test as well. How, how's the, sort of the mood going into that one? Yeah, no, we're looking forward to it. Um, I think we've kind of, even though we lost 3-0, I think we kind of took a bit of confidence from, from the Real Madrid game. Um, so yeah, we're, we're ready to go and, and looking forward to it. One of the kind of interesting things as well is that the game is in Warsaw. It's a ground where we're at in pre-season mm -hmm. as well. So... Do you think that'll help just having a little bit more familiarity with the city and stadium at all? I don't know, to be honest. Maybe for, for me personally, probably not. I don't think it really matters too much um, where you play, but maybe for, for some players, maybe, yeah. Yeah. Do, do you feel like as a group as well, the fact that you know we are going away from home, but because of the way that we've been playing so far this season and, and last season, it doesn't really matter if it's at home or away. Like mm. The outcome and the, the goal still the same to get three points. Yeah, no, 100%. I think... We go into every game trying to win it. Um, obviously, you know, playing at home does give us a boost. You know, with our crowd, it's always always a top top atmosphere. But um, but yeah, I think 
I mean, you play half your games away, so you got to, you can't go into every game away kind of trying to play different or or trying to act different. So yeah, yeah, yeah. it should be a good fun. Hopefully, looking forward to it. Um, so Cameron, what we always do when we have a guest on is we finish off with a, a quick fire quiz, sixty seconds on the clock. Mm -hmm. So far, the top scorer has been seven, which uh, both Yakimakis got and Taylor Otto from mm -hmm. and the women's team as well. So. Do you fancy your chances? Do you think you, could, think you can beat them? I don't know. What, what are they? Well, you'll find out in a minute. That's, <laughs> I, can't, I can't disclose them. <laughs> so I'm going to set 60 seconds on the clock. We're going to run through some of them. So let's see what you get, okay? Mm -hmm. All right, three, two, one. So you scored in your debut against which team? Ross County. Yep. yep. What other player scored in that game? Albie. Yep. Maurice Jens is from which German city? Berlin. Oh, yeah. uh, Matt O'Reilly was in which club's youth academy? Fulham. Yep. Other than Celtic, in which loan move did you make the most appearances? Ooh. Swansea? Yep. Yeah. Uh, what US player scored when you made your international debut against Portugal in 2017? Weston McKinney. Yep. Who scored more goals last season, Rogic or Turnbull? Turnbull. Yep. Who scored more goals this season, Jota or Abada? Abada. Yep. Name one A-League team the manager has managed. Pass. Oh. You've been managed by Pochettino and Mick McCarthy, but who won more caps for a country? Mick. Yep. And how many caps do you have for the US? Oh, 11. 10. 10. Uh, ah. That's bang on a minute. There you go, that was eight, Cam. So that's you top of the leaderboard, take, taking that. Yep. Brilliant. Definitely. I think, you know, every time someone comes on, they're going to have to beat your score so you can get back to... Yorkus and, and, and tell him tell you beat him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Cam, thanks very much for joining us Cheers. and all the best on Wednesday. Thank you. Good man. Yeah, we're delighted to say we have Ukrainian football journalist and writer for Zoria Londosk, Andrew Todos. With us, Andrew, we're all very much looking forward to this Champions League match against Shakhtar Donetsk. How are things shaping up in the Shakhtar camp ahead of this match? Yeah, thanks for having me on. Uh, it's been a good start to the season. Uh, they're currently joint top of the table in the Ukrainian Premier League after four matches played. Uh, three wins, one draw. And obviously they got that big surprising win last week against RB Leipzig, which I think took everyone uh, back a bit in terms of the scoreline and the fact that they actually won it based on obviously the past six months and how difficult that has been, not just for Shakhtar, but Ukrainian football and Ukraine in general. Yeah, and we'll touch a little bit more on the results in a, in a minute, but just, just in the general point of view in terms of how things are for, for Shakhtar, with the, we know the league season started back up in Ukraine, how difficult has it been in the last six months and how happy are they really just to be back playing football? Yeah, I think obviously it's a massive positive that the Ukrainian Premier League's back, that the fact that they can play the Champions League, albeit in Poland instead of in Ukraine of, for obvious security reasons. Uh, and I think everyone's just happy that they could, well, especially the players and the staff, etc., just happy that they can get back to a bit of normality in their own careers and lives. Albeit also knowing that they're playing a bit more than just the Shakhtar fans, especially in Europe. They're playing sort of representing all of Ukraine in the Champions League as the sole uh, representatives. But yeah, the six past six months have been pretty tough on, on everyone. Um, the, a lot of the players inside the sort of first month and a half, the Ukrainian ones anyway, had to stay in Ukraine. They were in bomb shelters and 
all the like. Some of them helped out with volunteering. Some of them were doing other things. Um, more or less all the foreigners left uh, the team. They joined uh, other clubs on loan or signed on other permanents. Check that have lost a lot of money as a result of that uh, because of a special fee for all where people can sort of suspend their contracts and then it means that they can end up leaving for free at the end of their um, at the end of that term because they can't re-sign or there's no extension etc for a lot of these players who are going into their final year final 18 months and yeah so they've from about mid-April Shakhtar sort of regrouped and started playing friendlies across all of Europe uh, against sides like Galatasaray I think Olympiakos um, and loads of big teams including Ajax actually in recent weeks as well and that's sort of been the only competitive football they've had until about three, four weeks ago when the Ukrainian Premier League started. So it's been a bit of a slow start in the Premier League, uh, an initial uh, nil-nil draw and then uh, a few one-nil wins and then a 97th minute winner against Chorona Moritz this weekend, uh, 90 plus seven um, in a 2-1 victory. But it looks like things are slowly um, working out under the new manager, under the brand new squad that's predominantly Ukrainian, literally only one Brazilian in the team, which is, I'm sure that a lot of Celtic fans, even from the last time, uh, Shakhtar faced you guys in uh, the 20, well, the 2000s, um, virtually unrecognisable. So um, it's going to be an interesting matchup this weekend, uh, this week, that's for sure. Talking about the, the Shakhtar squad, as you said, they've always been so synonymous with having an influx of Brazilian players, but how is the team shaping up at the moment? I know you said a lot of the players will have left over the, the summer. Is, is the squad still in a, a strong place at this moment? Well, you could probably say that it is weaker, just based on the fact that the players that have been brought in, so that's not re reinforcements, just the squad that it currently is, is made up a lot of Shakhtar Academy graduates. So they were in and around the team over the past couple of years, but they were never, well, the majority weren't like big stars, especially in midfield and attack. Uh, Shakhtar's core, a Ukrainian sort of representation, was always in defence, uh, goalkeeper, centre defensive mid, and then the rest were sort of the Brazilians and the foreign players. Uh, so now a lot of these Ukrainian talents that may have not had the chance in the past have got their opportunity and a lot of players uh, that sort of used to play for Shakhtar as Ukrainians that ended up moving abroad or on loan somewhere have actually returned now and have actually got their chance to play so that's uh, Ivan Petyak who was playing in Hungary, uh, Alexander Zubkov who played for Ferenc Varos even played against Celtic a few years back um, in that Champions League uh, qualifying round. Uh, they've returned and they're getting starts, they're getting minutes. Uh, Marian Shred, of course, I'm sure we'll touch on him in a bit, in a bit but he's had a great start to his Shakhtar career. Literally, he's got three goals in three matches now. So I think he's raring to go for, for the midweek one. And on the whole... Uh, and obviously, um, Hyla Mudrik, who's probably the most spoken about Ukrainian player now in the world in terms of uh, the hype that is going around him, the performance they put against Leipzig and just in general, the potential that the player's got. I think 
it's an unprecedented time at Shakhtar and it's like unpredictable currently in terms of what exactly this team could achieve in terms of can they win the Ukrainian Premier League despite the fact that they've lost so many players they've got a new manager in Ivovicovic who's a bit more dynamic there's not really a a philosophy or anything like that they just adapt to the opponents that they've got with what they've got at hand with the tools they've got the players they've got so um it's it's interesting, but so far, I think just this early stage in the season, we're not 100% sure exactly where Shakhtar are going. Yeah, let's talk about Marian Shved. He's a, he's a player that that we know very well here at Celtic. Didn't really get much of an opportunity at his time in the hoops, but as you said, he started life as a Shakhtar player very well. How dangerous a player is he at this moment in time? Yeah, he looks to have, I don't know, found his confidence back because I think when he was at Celtic, obviously the managers just didn't really like him. I think there was always a psychological issue when he moved abroad, like lack of knowing the language, some sort of uncomfortability um, with uh, not be, being away from his family because I don't think they were with him constantly. So for whatever reason, just being abroad, it always just didn't seem to work out even when he moved to KV McKellen uh there was issues there with training and certain problems but now he's back in Ukraine he's with his manager that he played under at Karpate so the club he played for before he joined Celtic and it seems like he's a bit of a father figure to him he sort of, they work really well together and he's got off to a great start in terms of two Two fortunate goals against Leipzig, but I mean, he was in the right place at the right time. He was anticipating the opportunities and got them. First, the Galachi Howler and then a nice deflection on a, on another shot on a counter. And then he scored a header uh, against Toronto Moritz this weekend. And he's not exactly the most uh, pronounced person that you'd expect to score one of those. And it wasn't even from a set piece. So we'll see how sort of raring he is to go, but he looks to be in progressive and positive form ahead of uh, this tie against his former club. Yeah, this match is it's an away match for Celtic, but it's taking place in, in Warsaw, as we've, we've mentioned. So not a home ground for Shakhtar Donetsk either. How much of an impact, if at all, do you think that will have on the, on the Shakhtar team? The only thing that it might have is just the fact that they've been traveling a fair amount over the past few weeks you know in and out of ukraine that's a bit tiresome at the border and then getting flights and everything else to their away games in europe and everything but in terms of from a purely footballing perspective they've not been playing at home uh for eight years now since they got you know uh exiled from the Donbass Arena when the Russians first invaded in 2014. So they've been nomadic throughout all of that. Uh, obviously, their last stadium was in Kiev at the Olympijski, and they got okay crowds there, but still, you would say that they were obviously tenants in a in a different city, in a different in a different place that doesn't fully 100% support them because obviously Dynamo Kiev are the big team in Kiev and predominantly around Ukraine as a whole. Um, but the fact that they're playing in Warsaw, I think the match is close to a sellout, if not a sellout already. Like, I think there's only when I saw the last announcement from Shakhtar a few days ago, it was like 2,500 tickets left. And I mean, I think it's close to a 30k stadium, so that's that's good stuff. Uh, there'll be obviously great support from 
the Poles that are there, but there's also like millions of Ukrainians, not just refugees, but uh, diaspora, uh, economic migrants, etc., who've lived in Warsaw for ages. So hopefully they'll come out. And like I said at the start, when Shakhtar used to probably before February when the war broke out, they probably used to represent uh, obviously their fans and Ukraine in European competition. But a lot of people were like, meh, oh, I still won't support them because obviously just the partisan nature of football. But now since obviously for the past six months, they've been quite positive in their uh, backing of Ukraine, uh, of the army and all this other stuff that I think there might be some fans who might not usually support Shakhtar will be getting involved, maybe even some of those Dynamo fans and all that kind of thing, which you could say is kind of unprecedented, especially if you put into context sort of your rivalry with Rangers, sort of arch rivals. It's sort of, it's a strange paradox, but it's this kind of thing that I think due to the war um, is sort of helping break down any... Uh, differences and that kind of stuff of course there will be still people that won't be 100% um, backing them but it's um, the fact that Shakhtar need to perform in this Champions League season is kind of requirement for all of Ukrainian football because from next season I think Ukraine lose their uh, automatic group stage spot and then it could end up into sort of that dwindling cycle that even Scottish football found itself in a few years ago but you've obviously uh, rebuilt that in recent times um, from both your top two. So um, we'll see what happens. Both teams have played one game so far in the Champions League group stages. Shakhtar Donetsk went away from home, beat RB Leipzig 4-1. I think it's the result that maybe shocked quite a few people in Scotland. How did that result go down in, in the Ukraine and, and how well did Shakhtar play in that match? I think everyone was surprised, even in Ukraine. Uh, they weren't expecting much from it. They knew that RB Leipzig had a great season last campaign. I don't think many people were taking too much into account that they have had quite a bad start to this season. And yeah, they've got great players and great talent, like worth probably around 10 times more than the Shakhtar squad um, in terms of if you're just looking at it on paper. However, uh, Shakhtar sort of played uh, RB Leipzig to a T, you could say, as in they knew exactly what to do. They let them have a lot of the ball in the first half, but RB Leipzig just didn't create anything that was worthwhile. Um, they were solid defensively. And then they played to their strengths, which is they've got loads of pace down the wings, the Shred and uh, Mudrik, and they counted on that. And alongside that, there were some fortunate goals, as I mentioned, a bit of a howler for the opener. Um, and then a deflection for Shred's goal. But that move to set that all up by Mudrik down the left, electric pace, um, great dribbling, uh, and then just to lay it off for him uh, was was great. And then this, the third and fourth were, were similar, literally just pop it over the top, um, run it down the pitch and uh, pass it across the line for someone to tap in. So... Yeah, you wouldn't say it was a perfect performance. Shakhtar are far from amazing or brilliant uh, at this current stage. You know, maybe even compared to how they've been looking in recent years or some of the best Shakhtar sides that we've seen. But um, they've already improved on last season's campaign. So literally last season, they played obviously six games in the group stage, only got two points, two draws out of all of those matches and scored two goals. 
three goals. So they've bettered that inside one match. And I think some people I've been hearing in Ukraine said, if Shakhtar end up losing the remainder and have this one win, at least that'll be some sort of achievement anyway, given the context. So we'll see. I mean, I don't think anyone can get too ahead of themselves inside literally just the first match. And obviously Leipzig were very poor. They ended up sacking their manager and all that kind of stuff. But the opportunity for, I guess, especially maybe Europa League, is a reality and I hope that especially these home matches in Warsaw where there should be some decent support from a Ukrainian perspective they can get some positive results following up as well. Yeah so if, if Celtic are to get something out of this match what areas do you think Celtic should be looking to, to try and exploit Shakhtar maybe defensively? Well obviously Mudrik I'm sure that someone will be will be tasked with dealing him dealing with him um similarly defensively they're rather solid and the fact that uh sort of the key man the understated player is a Tarastapenko in defensive midfield he literally breaks up a lot of play and then he restarts the the counters with you know with passing out to the to the fullbacks or or the wingers so i think those two certainly wants to watch out for in terms of if Celtic want to uh, quash anything from a from a Shakhtar attack perspective. Uh, but it'll be interesting because, um, is it Abada from you guys? Um, he was linked with Shakhtar like literally two seasons ago. I'm pretty sure it was like the winter and it was like about six months before he ended up joining you guys. So it'll be interesting to see how uh, obviously he plays because I think there was, they were like, talks and it was almost coming in and then something uh broke down um he was linked with both Shakhtar and Dinamo Kiev so interesting to see how he comes up against it uh but yeah uh, I think uh Shakhtar know how dangerous Celtic are especially going forward so it's going to be an edgy uh tight game but I'm sure we'll see some goals that is I'm almost certain about that brilliant yeah I think we're all very much looking forward to it. So just finally, Andrew, how do you think it's going to go if you were to predict an outcome? Uh, I'm just going to be positive, probably a bit too positive, but 2-1 Shakhtar, possibly in this one. Um, I think might be a bit of a, another Madrid show. And I don't know, it just seems written in the stars. And I'm sure I've seen a lot of Celtic, players, uh, a lot of Celtic fans on Twitter and elsewhere saying they see it coming to shred getting on the score sheet as well. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we're emotionally ready for that, but we'll, <laughs> we'll see how it goes. But Andrew, thank you so much for, for joining us and uh, might get to see you when we're over there. But all the best and uh, I'm sure it'll be a, an entertaining game. So the Celts play here on Wednesday night. The B team are also in action against Shakhtar Donetsk in Warsaw. And you can keep up to date with all the action on the Celtic FCB Twitter page with the game kicking off at 11 o'clock Celtic part time. So from all of us here in Warsaw, hope you enjoyed the podcast and hopefully come Wednesday night, we're celebrating two victories for the Celts.